This is Yes and Marketing, the podcast for people who believe that great ideas can come from anywhere. I'm your host, Steve Pakras. Join me for conversations with eclectic marketers and creative thinkers. Yes and Marketing is brought to you by Verblio, the friendliest content creation platform in the business. This week's episode is all about storytelling, which is a theme we've heard again and again on this show. Over the last year, tech CEOs, entrepreneurs, agency owners, and career marketers have all talked about what storytelling is, how it's changing, how brands and companies should think about it, and the way that stories shape our culture. We condensed the most insightful takes on the topic from a few of our favorite guests into a single jam-packed episode. I hope you enjoy the conversation. We're kicking off with marketing thought leader and foundation marketing founder, Ross Simmons, who on episode 29 explained the role of storytelling in our culture and the great power and responsibility that accompany content creation. If you look at the life cycle of humanity, the one thing that impacts us the most is content. The stories that we hear from our parents, the stories that they heard from their parents, et cetera, it's content that shapes our fundamental perspective of the world. It's the content that we consume when we're kids. It's the content that we hear from our teachers. It's the content that we hear when we go to a webinar. It's the content that we hear in the sense of music or art, whatever. It's all content. People listening to us right now are listening to content. And that, in its own right, will shape the way certain people think. And if you fundamentally understand that every single time you press publish on a piece of content, that you're influencing culture, then you have a better understanding of the power that you have with the written word or video content or whatever, because that's what you can do. Content shapes culture. And if you understand that, then you will have to wear that on your shoulders, which is a pretty big burden, but you have to recognize like there is power in content you can fundamentally change the way someone views the world and you can change somebody's life. So you have to own that at the same time. That was awesome. I really like that you're bringing back content is being storytelling, which is really the core. Our company was started by a journalist and the number of people that I talk to who don't quite make the leap of like, can you write or write about my business? I'm like, we started by a journalist. Journalists tell stories. The point is not the information, it's the storytelling and the structure behind it. Yeah, it's 100% it. I think people fundamentally need to recognize like stories make up everything, right? Like it's storytelling that has continuously allowed us to even exist as human beings and collaborate together. It's the stories we hear about how we should operate. It's the stories of what is good manners, what's good etiquette, et cetera. It's all stories. And those stories are what make us humans. Um, And I think if you as a creator can fundamentally start with that understanding and be humble enough to know like at the core, we're all human. Um, and that's who's on the other end of the keyboard, then you have a little bit more empathy when you're creating your content, but also you um, should lean into the idea of creating things that will be good for the world at the same time. On episode 35, Kyle Shannon, co-founder of the legendary agency.com and current founder and CEO of video startup Storyvine, shared his view on the current evolution of storytelling. If you look at the 20th century, the 20th century from a storytelling perspective is an anomaly in history. So everything up until the, the late 1800s or so, with, with a couple of exceptions, including the written word and the printing press, but, but if you look at what, what happens in the late 1800s, all of these storytelling technologies get invented within a span of a couple of decades. You know, photography, film, radio, television. Um, you know, all of these technologies are created that allow the distribution of storytelling. Right. And so what happens over the 20th century is as a society, we kind of personally give up storytelling as a core skill. Right. If you think about, you know, kind of the mid 1800s, it's the great letter writing era. Right. So, you know, storytelling is all being done in letters and delivered. And 
And in the 20th century, as a society, we kind of give up our storytelling skills and let the professionals do it, the people that know how to use those technologies. So, so we let Steven Spielberg scare us with a shark, right? Instead of telling the story about, you know, when we saw a shark in the water or whatever it is. And, and, and so, so kind of over five generations, starting in the late 1800s till kind of in the mid 90s, when the web shows up and the web shows up and, and effectively society is handed back storytelling, right? You don't have to be a media company. You don't have to have millions of dollars to tell your story. You can do a blog or you can create a little community and tell stories within that. You know, even, even video, YouTube shows up in 2005 and, you know, there's just all these videos show up and they're a mess. They're all over the place. And, you know, some of them are good, like, you know, people getting hit in the private parts and, you know, <laughs> pet videos and little kid videos. Those are fine. But, but a lot of the content is people sort of mistaking hitting the record button for storytelling because that core skill of like just storytelling isn't there. So I feel like we're in this renaissance of storytelling where we've been handed back these tools of self-expression. And now, you know, as a society kind of starting in the mid nineties and continuing through today, we're rediscovering storytelling. Like even this right now, we're, you know, we're putting this, this show together. You're, you're putting this show on, um, you know, I'm just sitting here at my computer like I always do, and, and yet this is going to go out to the world. So, so these tools are sort of being handed back to us. And so for me, I find that tremendously exciting. So at the essence, what's the core importance of storytelling? I think connecting as humans. I think it's empathy. If we take, circle this back to marketing, if you look at all effective marketing, it connects with people as human beings. You know, there's, there's that cliche in the marketing world, you know, the... You ask a client what they want and they're like, I want a viral video. Well, they, and, and you know, like, like, you know, a viral video is something you can just make like a viral video happens, right? Because it's a video that touches someone, but, but that's it. Like storytelling is about humanity and empathy and, and connecting with people. And, and, you know, so too is marketing. Marketing is just a specific kind of storytelling, right? Intended to drive an action, but it's still storytelling. On episode 25, Silicon Valley's messaging mastermind and my good friend Andy Raskin shared how he came up with the concept of strategic narrative and what it means. I started as a software developer. I was a computer science major in college, and I, I wound up raising money for a startup. And I was the CEO of that startup, uh, you know, tech startup in the dot-com days. And it was actually through pitching that startup, uh, we were doing really badly. Uh, and that one investor wrote to me, uh, Andy, I read every plan on a scale of one to 10 and yours is a one. <laughs> and uh, then he wrote in parentheses worst in case we thought one might be the, the top. And then he wrote not a compelling story. And uh, a few weeks later, I was walking by this Barnes and Noble in Manhattan and there was a sign in the window that said for anyone who wants to tell a compelling story. And there's an arrow to these books and the books were screenwriting books. And I knew nothing about this. So I, I bought the books and they described this, you know, way to structure a story that was very, very different from what I had learned in like business school about how you do it or in engineering. And, and so we gave it a try and, and, you know, long story short, like we started getting interest from VCs and we had a term sheet like a few months later, ever since that experience, when I was pitching, I was like, wow, this is really interesting. Like, what is this story thing? And like, how come I never learned about it? And wow, this just was this magic juice that sort of, you know, got interest. At the same time, I was like, well, I have no, I had no money at the time to pay anybody to, to help me with this. 
so I don't know, maybe I could write a book or something, but like, this is not a career. And so I was the interim VP of marketing at a company called 500 Friends, which was a loyalty marketing platform. This was probably around 2013 or 14. And that company was acquired about a year after I joined. And I asked the CEO, his name is Justin Yoshimura, a uh, fascinating guy. But anyway, I said like, was it worth it? Like the stock and the money you paid me, you know? And he's like, yeah, it was. And I said, well, could you tell me why? Like, what did I bring? Could you sum it up? And he said, you got our story straight. Let's dig a little deeper into strategic narrative and start with definition. What do you mean by strategic narrative and why is it so important? The way that I like to think about it is it's the story in the buyer's head that guides their actions. You know, we like to think that people make decisions on by, you know, we have some problem, we're going to survey all the options for solving it, all the solutions rank them on some criteria, and then we're going to calculate the best ranking and choose the best one. And maybe this happens in some sort of trivial situations where, where someone's really got some urgent, you know, change thing where they're, they're really going to take some bold action. It's not that. It's this story in their head that they've built by observing the world and, you know, discerning patterns for how to thrive. So the strategic narrative is really what's in their head. And of course, then the idea is, can, as a company, can we influence that? Can we try to maybe knock out an old one that was there and put in a new one that's going to guide how they see the world in a way that benefits us? On episode 54, Privy CMO Dave Gerhardt gave an example of strategic narrative in action, explained how it drives marketing from the top down. So strategic narrative is a credit to Andy. He just gave a name to the thing that I've realized that I've gravitated towards, which is like, what's the story of the company? And I think a lot of us are quick to go into the features and benefits and the solution side of things. But like every company has a story and that's especially today where people want to work with, you know, modern brands. They want to feel like they have a, a reason to work with them other than like their product is the fastest. The way that we came up with it was in the, in the example of Privy, Ben, the CEO had a, had a, you know, it kind of all goes back to the CEO thing, which is like, he had a vision that he had for years about what he wanted the Privy brand to be. And, and I was like, okay, so what does that mean? He's like, well, we serve small businesses. And so when you serve a small business, you need to be seen as the expert, the helper, uh, education, right? We're not, we're selling a marketing product, but people at our customers' companies are not marketers. We're selling to the solo founder who is figuring out how to do shipping and logistics and returns and support and accounting and marketing. And so therefore our marketing has to be a certain way. And so like when, when the founder can articulate stuff like that, it makes the whole idea of the company story and then from there, I take that and try to translate that into like, okay, what does that mean from a marketing perspective? What is the kind of like brand positioning statement, right? Like, what are we? And so we kind of riffed on this, like Privy is the leader for small and uh, for small and growing e-commerce businesses. Okay, let's take that a step further. That's like, that's, uh, you know, we've niched down a little bit, but let's go more. Okay. Is there a threshold for that? Is it sales? Well, it's it's about a million dollars. Okay. So Privy is the leader for small and growing uh, e-commerce brands doing less than a million in sales. Ah, so now we have a pretty, that's a pretty clear position. And so when you have that, then the story is, 
well, what's what type of content is interesting to those people? What 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 are their pains? What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? What keeps them up at night? You can start to build a profile of like, who is this person? And from there, you can then articulate, okay, well, why do they need um, conversion pop-ups on their website? They don't want to spend time doing conversion pop-ups on their website. No, but they want to generate revenue. And if they generate, they, okay, well, why do they want to generate revenue? They want to generate revenue because they want to build a profitable business. Why do they want to build a profitable business? Well, because they just quit their job at IBM to go start this e-commerce brand. And if this business fails, she's going to have to go back to her job at IBM. Okay, so can you paint that more of an emotional hook and story for people? And so it's never this perfect like linear thing. It's a lot of you know me kind of working with the CEO and, and uh, Dan Murphy on, on the team has been really instrumental in our positioning here um, about you know, what's a story we want to tell? Can we boil it down into like, you know, one or two statements? And then from there, we can build a strategy around it. And this goes all back to Andy's point, which is like, their story is your marketing, is your strategy as a business. And so when, when you have the story from the founder, it makes a strategy much easier. On episode 45, David Kinsell, five-time founder, former chief product officer at HubSpot and current CEO at Drift, described how and why he's embedded storytelling in every aspect of his company. For us, storytelling was super important because that was the basis of the company. We also thought because we were starting in a really, in a really red ocean, a crowded category, that storytelling would be super important in everything that we did. We also you know, personally, like I started to geek out on storytelling and then figured out like, whoa, it's all storytelling. How do you get a team? How do you get a team motivated? How do you get it? How do you get the team to understand what it is that what the goal is and why you're focused on that goal? That's storytelling. How do you get, you know, how do you recruit storytelling? How do you do it? Like everything ended up being storytelling. And one of the most important things that for me at Drift is like this, that we're all learning machines at Drift, right? That's one of our leadership principles. And so we would share everything. And I was spending so much time on storytelling that I started to share storytelling frameworks with storytelling Our you know, our podcast, we would talk a lot about it. And then uh, we created this thing called Drift Insider, which is available to the world. It's kind of a masterclass type service, um, which is free for people to use for marketing sales and service professionals and to help them on in this, these changes that we're talking about, like learn new concepts. And we have an internal version of that, that at Drift that we use for onboarding. And in that, we started to teach storytelling as well, because from a selfish standpoint, it, made, it upped the quality of the conversation and the presentations internally. <laughs> that was a benefit, selfish benefit to myself, but also we wanted everyone in the company to be able to tell stories so that they could connect with their, with our customers, whether they were servicing them, selling, marketing to them. And so storytelling is the basis for everything at Drift. On episode 47, Live Intense VP of Marketing, Nick Dudgnick, told us how his theater background influenced his storytelling and has helped as a marketer both externally and within his company. You know, it's funny because we were just talking for folks who don't know, sometimes we talk before the recording. So this is going to be a fun little behind the scenes for them. But we were just talking about the idea of like, yes, and marketing. So I, I really like that name because, you know, part of theater is, you know, obviously reacting off of another person. It's just like that ability to sort of like build on and like, you know, connect with another person's energy, I think is really important. And I think that's carried over. And then on the other side of it, just understanding dramatic structure and being able to understand how to tell stories and what makes a good story because ultimately that's what marketing is it's storytelling 
Um, it's connecting with audiences in a way that makes sense to them. You know, you, a play, you get three hours to do it. A display ad, you get about 0.1 second to do it. So it's, you know, it's a little bit different, but it's <laughs> ultimately the same thing that you're trying to do uh, in those areas. That's awesome. I'm endlessly surprised by how, how much marketing has changed, where it used to be the marketers were behind the scenes and all you did was the analytics and all of a sudden your personality is like part of the brand. Are you surprised at just how much of, a, of your life, like video and your theater background has become? Honestly, yes, I would say, um, but almost like in the, in the opposite sense, um, because, you know, if, you, if I went back, let's say 10 years ago and I, I were to tell myself that right now I would be, you know, heading up marketing at an advertising technology firm, I would have been like, what? No, no. How would I, how would I ever do that? But I think in general, it's like marketers, you know, like I said, marketers are storytellers and getting out in front of folks. And I think now it's become even more of like a data-driven sort of like push within marketing. Like marketers used to never have to actually like, like marketing budget was just kind of written off as like, that's where the, the money goes that way. And then we'll figure it out later. And hopefully some of the numbers come back and we're making more money than we spent. And that's sort of the details of it. But now it's a far more precise science uh, that goes into it. And, you know, there's, you're, you're responsible for like P and L lines on like individual like products and things like that. So it, it gets, it gets far more complicated in that way. But in order to illustrate your worth, you have to be a good storyteller. You have to be able to communicate that out both in front of a crowd or in front of the C-suite, right? right? Like you're constantly having to justify yourself and, and the budget and, and the things that are going into there. Cause most of the time, you know, marketing is the, is the largest expense at most companies. So much of, uh, of your discussion, Nick, is you just go back and forth. You're going between the technical marketing, all the skills you clearly have to have, and like this data-driven process and your storytelling and how your storytelling is being infused into this. And I just love how you keep going back and forth between the two. You can't separate one from the other, I think, as far as that goes. If data is not informing your storytelling, then you're not doing it right, I don't think. <laughs> On episode 36, agency owner Kelly Kelly took storytelling down to a more practical level to give the nuts and bolts view of what it does and doesn't look like for her agency and her clients. We really focus on aligning our strategies with the sales goals. Um, Whereas a lot of creative agencies or digital, they kind of just, hey, this is the marketing piece, this is the plan. If if that sells some stuff, you know, I don't know, I have anything to do with that. Um, whereas we're not closers, obviously, but the, one of the first conversations we have is with the sales team, what are the pain points? Cause we need to do creative that speaks to that. We don't need to just bombard LinkedIn and Facebook with this is what we do. Like nobody cares. Who are we talking to? What's the messaging that they'll respond to and what are their pain points? And then we work backwards from that. And we just find that that is, especially now, and there's a lot more conversation happening around that is marketing is having to prove their value. Like it's that whole operating separate from sales. A lot of companies now are like, I need the, what are the numbers? What's happening here? I need to know how is this making sense? So um, that is our sweet spot. uh, And it served us well in our companies that we work with. We've worked with financial software. We've worked with law firms. We work with real estate developer, all new industries we jumped into and we're able to get results. We're like industry agnostic pretty much, but we enjoy being able to work with clients that appreciate creativity. We do not want to take your trifo brochure and post snippets on social media. That's not what we want to do. We want to be able to 
have creative execution that contributes to the bottom line. We're still gonna make it line up with the numbers, but we don't wanna do boring, stale stuff. Do you remember when, um, are you, you're familiar with Finger Hut? Oh my gosh. The uh, catalog? It's, it's been a while, yes. Yeah, so I randomly thought about them maybe six years ago and I was like, I wonder if they're on social media. Their whole Twitter feed was just posts of their product stuff. Like, mm. <laughs> we don't wanna do stuff like that. I don't wanna just keep saying, you know, what you do. Let's get creative, let's make it fun, let's make it impactful. Like storytelling is so important now. Like you're not gonna get by just barking to the digital sphere like what you do. You have to storytell and that's what we like to do. On episode 50, Sovereign CEO Walter Knapp explained how all of media and advertising comes back to storytelling. If you think about it, like the entire media business, it's been around for like, really long time, I would, I would suggest it's been around for all of recorded human history. Um, <laughs> which we, I haven't talked about, but like the media business is about, it is because people think in stories. We always have. Um, it started with imagery in cave paintings and then it evolved into text. Gutenberg had a little bit to do with the spreading of, of books. When he invented the printing press, it moved into imagery with photography and into video with you know movies and and it it continues to evolve. But if you think about it, it's really the media business is about those co core components: imagery, text, audio, and video. Those are all storytelling mechanisms. And um, the media business revolves around: Are your stories any good? Like, and, and you can tell pretty easily because people spend time with your story or your content, right? The more that people can connect, like in their brain, they actually associate themselves with your story. <laughs> this, is right. why, this is why advertising works. Um, we don't go buy a, you know, a Tesla because you know, we just look at the specs. We buy it because we want to associate ourselves with that brand, with the story that comes from that. It's why people buy yoga pants at Lululemon. They're the same yoga pants you can buy at Target, but Lululemon makes you feel like a better version of yourself, right? Um, you want to be associated with that. Same with Nike, right? Um, same with Apple. It's why we all carry around, you know, iPhones. Uh, no offense to the to the Android people. From my vantage point, publishers, their entire business revolves around creation of great content. Thanks for listening to Yes in Marketing. If you enjoy the show or learned something new today, please take a minute to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It means a lot. Thanks. Mm -hmm.